I have this desire to eat well, exercise, take care of myself. And I also have a desire to cheesecake. Yeah, cheesecake. Yeah. It's good stuff, right? Um, it's, it's healthy, it's dairy, right? Um, but the, the, I've got these, and you may, you may connect with this, because I've got these two things going on inside me, one wanting to do one thing, and one not wanting to do the work that it would take to do this one thing. Or one wanting to do one thing, and one wanting to do com- something completely different, and they are um, pressed up against one another in a way that keeps me from going anywhere. I'm just now stagnant. I'm not moving. I'm not... I, 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 I will exercise and eat cheesecake. It's just, I need to pick one, right? Or maybe I should exercise so that I can eat cheese. I just had an epiphany right in front of you. So I've had, I, 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 I've got these two things, and obviously everyone knows when they hear the, the, or maybe they see the cinnamon rolls I posted on Facebook last night, and the, my desire to eat healthier. Everyone knows those are counterproductive. So one, like those don't work. They don't mesh. I want to help. I want to take care of my diabetes better. I don't have diabetes, but I want to take care of my diabetes better. But I also want to keep eating butterfingers. Like it's just, it's. What was that? Watch. <laughs> Sorry. Meddling now, all the way from the back. There, there is. When when those things are obviously counterproductive, when those things are obviously pressing up against one another, then of course, of course, we all say, well, that's not going to work. You just, you can't do that thing and this thing simultaneously and expect to get any results. But when sometimes we worship other gods and our God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent Jesus to be our sacrifice, who raised Jesus from the dead. When we worship Him and something else, sometimes we aren't just immediately aware that those two things counteract. But they do. Have you ever felt like you just wanted to, you wanted to change? Not just your health, not, but your spiritually, emotionally, uh, ethically. You wanted to be a better person. You want to live a better life. You want to follow Jesus more consistently. And you'll make such a claim in this place. And then you'll turn and walk out the door. And it just seems like you can't do it. It just seems like your life isn't isn't good for living a Jesus-following life. It's just not meant to happen, it seems. So you'll make a commitment in here, but then that commitment doesn't hold true out there. Just why is it so hard? And secondly, why does it seem so easy for some of those smiling ninnies at church? Their life is easy. They got the perfect family and they, they have the, they have, they, they all seem to get along and our family goes back and the, you should hear some of the car rides to church. 
That's always, that's easy to call because I've ridden with, to church with one of my wives before and, I'm just kidding, with Rachel and I've ridden to church and like that's when Satan gets you. Some of the, when, when it, one of the best things you can do if you need to do it is take two vehicles to church. It will help. But you, you're, but then the people at church, sometimes they, look, they're smiling, they're happy. You say, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed. And you're, oh, good. I can't do that. I can't put on that sort of face. That hurts to smile like that. So we have this, we have this deep down desire to live one way, but then we feel like our life is actually against us. The things we're good at, the way we work, the places we work, it just doesn't feel like we can, I want to pray more. And then you get out and you you just don't. Why not? Well, I'm convinced that it's often because something deep down in our lives is um, pushing up and and keeping us from going in the direction we want to go. We want to achieve a Christian life but there's something in our life keeping us from achieving it. Just deep down, intrinsic within the way we live and the way we act and the way we think is something that's keeping us from living a Christian life. And sometimes that thing is a God that you worship and you just flat don't know you worship Him. Sometimes that thing is something you hold valuable and it's just not as valuable as you think it is. Now, oftentimes we, we blame it on things like this. Well, you know, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. It's just so, we're so busy. I'm going to break something to you. Everybody's busy. Christian men and women who follow Jesus day to day, they're busy. Their job is tough. Oh, but you don't have my job. Uh, Okay, yes. Everybody's job can be hard, and everybody's job can make them tired, and everybody's job makes them feel busy, and everybody's day. We all are living on the same planet. You're not special. Well, you're special, but you, to me. But you're not like, you're not some sort of, you're running in a different pace than everyone else. And listen, you might be, but I doubt it. Your job might be the hardest job in the world, but I doubt it. I don't think we should be allowed to blame our inside problems on outside things. We should not be able to say, well, I want to live a Christian life, but man, I just, ah, my job's really tough, and I I have, uh, you, you don't know my husband, you don't know my wife, you're just so hard. That's an outside thing. And when you blame the problems or, or the inconsistencies in your life on outside things, guess where you're going to seek solutions? You're going to seek outside solutions. And give in to things that aren't necessarily good for you, or aren't good for you at all. When, when you blame all of your problems on the world out there, You will seek solutions 
And sometimes it's just weak solutions. And you'll say, well, if they just wouldn't do this, then my life would be better. If I could just change jobs, my life would be better. Probably not. Because the conflict is not between what you want and the outside world. It's what you want, like say you want to follow Jesus, and then something else you want. There's a story of a man in Matthew and Mark chapter 10. I am not in control of this thing up here. There we go. Um, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Tell me what I need to do. What's the next steps? Can I do it and can I do it all? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. Got it. You shall not commit adultery. Got it. You shall not steal. Well, uh, there was that one time with the gumball machine. I figured out when I was five that I had, my hands were small enough I could stick up in there, work the mechanism, get a gumball. And um, I was proud of it. Mom, not so much. But I repented, gave the gumball back. I don't know what they did with it. They probably put it right back in the machine. I, I hadn't chewed it. I just sucked on it. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Okay, we're there. There, honor your father and mother. I think if you ask them, we'd be all right. All right, so we're all right. The man, Jesus says, if you just do this thing, this, 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 and this man's response is what our response might be sometimes. He says, teacher, I, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. I think that in this country especially, they do this in other countries, but we live in this country, so let's talk about this. I think in this country, we worship money more than we should. I think we just worship money. I, I can tell we worship money is because there is a very common belief that if we just had more of it, life would be better. Now, I say that, and it's not, it, me saying we believe if we had more money, life would be better. A lot, of, a lot of us are taken aback by that belief. Of course, yes, we believe this. I can make the payment easier. I can make the house payment easier. I can make the car payment easier. I can get out, out from under some of those student loans. It is always a daunting thing when you get your degree and walk out the back door and Sally Mae is standing there with a baseball bat. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I, we could, we could probably go on a better vacation and probably uh, own a nicer house. If I had more money, life would be better. And that is a lie. It's not even just, just a little bit untrue. It is flat untrue. More money does not equal less problems. 
You are who you are. Actually, it just probably emphasizes the problems you already have. More money is not the answer to life. Making more money is not... Having, winning it from the lottery is not more money. Every preacher says this, you are more, twice as more likely to die in a car accident on the way to getting the lottery ticket as you are of actually winning the lottery. Dave Ramsey says the lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. We think if we, if we could just win, if I could just, if I could just get this stuff, attain more. I think sometimes the reason we have such a hard time having more faith in God is because we put, have put all our faith in mammon, the God of money. We've put all our faith in, if I could just make a little more. There are people who have made less for good causes and wouldn't have changed a thing. If we could just get some more money as often. And we say, we're keeping the commandments, God. And he says, one more thing. Sell everything you own. Cut the ties to, you, to the things that you think are super important. Just cut them. And come follow me. Is it more important to you to follow Jesus? Or is it more important to you to have more stuff? I joke about this a lot. But do you know what the new iPhone can do that the old iPhone couldn't? Now some of you do know that. Partially in this crowd here. But more people want the new iPhone than knows what it can do. Well, it's a faster processing chip. You got You get the process, faster, faster processor. It can do things quicker. Oh, was it taking a long time before? I'd open an app, sometimes have to wait two, three, maybe four milliseconds before it would come up. Now it's down to one pretty consistently. We need new stuff, and if we could just have the money to get it, man, we'd be ready to go. See, this is not, listen, money is a tool. If, if, if you are a wealthy person, which all of you by world standards are a wealthy person, uh, half the world lives on less than like $900 a year. If you're a, but if by our culture standards, if you're a wealthy person, God can use you and do great things with that. You can be generous and giving, and you, you, you don't have to let your money rule you. And if you, by our standards, are, by our culture, are low income, the fact that you don't have a whole lot of money shouldn't rule you either. It shouldn't have a whole lot of power over you. This man could not follow Jesus... Because he loved what he had. 
The question then is this. Do we believe that what God has to offer is better than what we already have? Do you truly believe that? And if what God has to offer is better than what we now already have, then why aren't we taking Him up on His offer? Why aren't we following Him day to day? See, it's not just money. The the problem here is not just money. It's that we worship something else. Like last week we talked about if you worship the sorts of love that only satisfy you, then you're going to have a hard time following God. Those things are pitted against one another. That's why God says if, if you follow some other idol, then you can have no part of me. That's why he says in the Ten Commandments, don't, don't make any graven image. Because believing that some other God is, is the God of the crops... And worship Him when you need a good crop. And worship God when you need to win a battle. Which is what the Israelites eventually did. If you believe that, then you're not going to be able to buy into the message of God at all. You you can't do both. And a lot of us have been trying to do both. I struggle with this. Because I I am a numbers guy. I'm a budget guy. I make my budget, I like my spreadsheets, I like the equations, and I've set it up where I can put it all in, and it does its thing. So sometimes I'll be looking at the budget and think, oh, well, I've got to do this, and i got to do that, and what, ah, yeah. You get that feeling, it just ruins my day, and I can't, I can't love like I need to love. I'm, ir- I'm irritable because of numbers. You hear me? Numbers. The number gets too low or the number isn't high enough. Jesus' statement is clear. You're going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose between the things that you have that you think are valuable and the things that you don't have that can only come from God the Father through Jesus. You have to choose between those two things that you can't ride both trains at once. He goes on. Jesus looked around him and said, after this man leaves, he looks around at his disciples and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier than a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Someone who values their stuff is often to have more of it. And the rich, it is super hard for them to go and to live in the kingdom of God. This amazed the disciples. And they said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Once I put my trust in the God who can do all things, 
And in, instead of putting my trust in this worldly wealth that can only do some things, can you pay enough money to get a camel through the eye of a needle? Not unless you can buy a shrink ray. And I don't even think those exist anymore. You can't, you can't pay enough to do impossible things. And for us, a lot of times, the impossibility is living out the call of Jesus Christ. Living out the life that he called us to live. Living a kingdom life. And when we say, it just feels impossible, the good, then you better start trusting in Jesus, the one who can do all things, and not trust in the things that you have, the one that... It can't. It can't do it. He says, trust in God. And he can do the impossible. So the message is not without hope. But I just want you to know that sometimes the conflict you feel within you is from two things that you don't think are counterproductive. You might think, well, I can follow Jesus and I also can have this obsession with getting more money. You can't do those two things at once. You can't give so much value to wealth and, and give this more value to Jesus. You can't just, like I said, you can't ride the two trains at once. Jesus even said this in Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you give value to is of utmost importance. So the question is, do, do, you, do you value what you have, your stuff, more than you value your God? Do you value the things that you've been blessed with more than you value the one who does the blessing? We often, uh, I, I heard in church growing up, uh, I'm going to introduce a word to you who grew up in Church of Christ. The word's tithe. It means giving 10% of your income. And now I always heard um, people in our church would say, well, you don't, you don't need to tithe. You, you should give, you shouldn't be um, beholden to some number. You got to get, okay. And they said always, you know, we probably give more. No, you don't. Churches of Christ on average... National survey, Churches of Christ on average give about 3.5% of their income. Now, I am not for saying laying down a rule and saying, you know, everybody needs to give 10%. Because 10% to some people is, 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 is super hard. And the, the, the might, you know, the, we don't want to lay a burden on people that they can't overcome. But we are saying that when you value the kingdom of God more than you value the stuff that you have, it will be reflected in how generous of a person you are. 
And I do not mean just writing checks to a church. Listen, you can do that. We won't fault you or slap your hand. But I am saying the way you help out people around you just as a human being will determine whether or not you've got a tight grip on something or whether you have this generous hand that is open. Whether you trust that God take care of you. It says you cannot. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye, what you desire, is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If what you desire is a healthy thing, your whole body will be full of light. But if what you desire, what you seek out and look for is an unhealthy thing, then your whole body will be filled with darkness. Sometimes that gross feeling you have inside of yourself where you just can't seem to get over this, this, you just can't seem to follow God. The reason you can't is because the things you desire are unhealthy and you need to start seeking out and desiring healthy things. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He goes on. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here it actually says you cannot serve both God and mammon. In the Greek. You can't serve both. question, I think, is appropriate. Do you control your money or does your money control you? Are you... Listen, a lot of people are very wealthy and very godly simultaneously. The rich can indeed enter the kingdom of heaven. But it is the rich who are generous. It is the rich who do not let their money control them that find comfort in the kingdom. We need to be free. A people who are free from the worries of what we have and don't have. Oh, but I need this. Do you need it? The good question is, and teenagers, if your parents use this against you, I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I felt that lie in my core. What do you really need in life? New phone, new computer, new clothes. Or do you need a new life? God, through Jesus, can provide new life, new perspective, new eyes in which you are seeking healthy things. But this desire for just these unhealthy stuff that we think is going to bring us happiness. I remember being a kid and wanting some Michael Jordan basketball shoes, Jordans, 
Why? Well, because they're made in a different factory. No, they're not. I wanted to fly like Mike. And I remember putting those things on and jumping and nothing happened. (laughs) Didn't improve my vertical leap one bit. Um, Turns out I need leg muscles too. Wasn't in the advertisement. But I wanted those things. Now as an adult, I... I was I play basketball a little bit now, and I, my basketball shoes were bought at Walmart six years ago, and I, they're coming apart a little, and I thought I might need some new ones, and so I went online and was looking. I was like, oh, I'll go old school and see what Jordans cost. Oh, dear! I fell out of my chair on purpose. And it was super expensive for shoes. These Walmart $15 shoes have held up for pretty good. I may go back there. But with this desire for new stuff and the best stuff and the best clothes, it's a desire for something that's unhealthy. And deep down, it's a, it's a problem that we believe we, we can be fixed on our inside by seeking something that's on our outside. If you've been battling this, we want to pray with you. Um, we want to hold you accountable. Um, I, we need you to hold me accountable. We need to stop giving so much value to things that in the end are just going to perish. So, seek out healthy things and determine, figure out this day who you're going to worship. Will you serve God or will you serve money? I believe the difference in your life can be crucial for the way you live out the kingdom here. If you need anything, if you want to join this kingdom, if you want to be a part of this, of this Savior, if you want to be buried with Him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life, We want to start your journey today. We want you to abandon the old life and follow Jesus today. But if you abandon, if you claim to follow Jesus long ago, but still are worshiping mammon, still are worshiping Aphrodite and trying to find love that only satisfies yourself, if you're worshiping other things, then we want you to turn from that today too. But whatever you need, please come forward while we stand and sing.